Welcome to Jazz Avec Moi, the podcast where we will talk about everything from life, career, and entrepreneurship from a TCK perspective. My name is Michaela Mutoni, and I will be your host. Happy New Year, beautiful people. I hope that you are taking the time to rest, to enjoy the, your time with family, to recuperate, and to basically reset for the new year. Today, I'm speaking with Tahas Mio from Deliciously Vibrant. And actually, we're going to be talking about how to live a life of intention, a slow life, where you follow your intuitions. I know that we're now going to be setting our New Year's resolutions. We're going to see all of these fitness ads thrown at us. Uh, we're going to get on some diets because we're going to lose weight and set these lofty goals that are important. But we are going to spend some time just slowing down, you know, and rethinking the way that we live. So I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much, Sarah, for being here with me today. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited. Yeah, same here. I'm so glad that Fiona introduced us and I can't wait for more people to hear about how awesome and great you are. Oh, thank you. Um, so sweet. So before we begin, can you please uh, introduce yourself a little bit and tell people about who you are and what you do and what you're passionate about. Sure. So uh, my name is Sarah Somian. I am currently living in Madrid, Spain. I moved here with my husband about three years ago and I work here as a holistic nutritionist and wellness coach. And I'm super mm. passionate about everything related to food, health, especially like natural health, um, natural beauty, traveling, of course, dancing as well. So I have many, many different passions, which I usually tend to share with my people on Instagram as well. So. But that's one of the things that I found so fascinating about you, like the fact that you have so many different interests. How did you kind of get into all of them? Was it like a natural evolution or was it that you were always curious and, and, and tried things? Like, how did you get into so many things? Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting because... Given that now I work as a nutritionist, you would think mm -hmm. that, you know, growing up, I was always into anything related to health. I actually wanted to be a doctor because I was always fascinated mm. by medicine and I thought it was so cool. I had a big uh, passion for pregnant women, even as an eight-year-old. I don't know. I thought it was just such a beautiful thing. And I was like, okay, this is it. I found my purpose. I'm going to be like an mm -hmm. OBGYN and I have an aunt who's also an OBGYN. So I was like, this is it. You know, I was speaking with her. I was like, yeah, it seems like this is what I want to do. And on the mm. other side, I was also always into food, but I never really put two and two together until much later because it took me mm. a while to discover my true, you know, path, quote unquote. Um, but mm -hmm. it was definitely, I was always in the field of like health and natural medicine. So it sort of evolved from 
medicine, which is more like science-based to a more natural and like practical kind of health-related field, which is what I do now, which is holistic nutrition. I went to Mm -hmm. school in Canada, actually, in Montreal. I studied uh, psychology in the end instead of medicine because what happened is after two weeks in the program, Faculty of Science at McGill, I was like, oh, well, I don't think I really like that. So I kind of have always sort of followed my intuition for these kind of things. Like Mm. if something feels really iffy and not quite right, instead of forcing my way through it, I always ask myself a question, especially if it doesn't feel comfortable. So at the time it was a bit heartbreaking to realize that I was potentially not going to be a doctor because I really didn't know what else I could do. But instead, I just followed what kind of ignited me and what what I was curious about. And psychology and social sciences were something that I was very drawn towards. I had many friends that were studying that at the time while I was in science classes. And I thought that what they were seeing was so much more interesting. So quickly, I decided Mm. to skip science and just went straight into psychology. And after a year of doing like more like social sciences, I knew this was what I was more interested in, but I still didn't know what I was going to do with that. I was like, oh, maybe I'll be a therapist. Mm. Maybe I'll be a psychiatrist, which is still, you know, in the medical field, mm-hmm. but I, I really yeah. wasn't sure. So it, the evolution kind of like came naturally. I just kept on like following my instinct, following what I was interested in and drawn towards. And at the end of my bachelor degree, I kind of found a new passion for public health. Public health was the mm-hmm. new thing that I was like, okay, this is totally what I want to do. It involves, you know, psychology. It's still in the field of health. I'm going to help people, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to be in a hospital because by then I knew I didn't want really work in a medical uh, kind of like hospital environment. But uh, yeah. again, as fate would have it, as I was saving for grad school and working and actually got into two really good grad school in New York City. So I was getting ready to prepare to Mm. move there. I kind of like fell in love with holistic nutrition via a documentary that one of my cousins kept on like pushing down on me and was kind of like, you have to watch this, you have to watch this. And the documentary for anyone who's like curious was called A Beautiful Truth or The Beautiful Truth. And it was exploring Mm. alternative ways of healing cancer and dealing with cancer, but it was only talking about like food and raw food and veganism and juicing and enemas and like things I had really never heard about, but lit up a spark within me. And I was like, oh my God, this is so interesting. And so I kind of like became fascinated with that. Meanwhile, I was still preparing for grad school, but I was like so into this new thing that I was spending every single minute of my free time at Indigo. I don't know if you remember Indigo on, on college. Yeah. Remember college Street. Yeah. yeah, at the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That was my spot. So I was just basically going there every day, spending hours just like reading on the topic of holistic nutrition and natural medicine yeah. and like even self-development. And I was really, really into it. And But I still thought yeah. I was going to do public health, but I was so into this new thing that I was like, okay, you know what? I'm going to try to find another school that I can do on the side. Foolish of me. <laughs> I thought I could do both oh. a master in public health yeah. and this thing on the side. <laughs> but uh, luckily, well, luckily now I'm, I'm seeing it as luck, but I kind of got into a bit of a hiccup with the immigration of the U.S. I was missing a paper, so they didn't really let me Mm. through. So I missed my opportunity to go to the school. So I was devastated. I was ready to move and I had packed all my things, sold all my things. I had like ended all of my contracts. 
But then for oh. one stupid paper, you know, I don't know if you've ever had, you know, issues with the US immigration, yeah, but they're I very, have. very strict. <laughs> yes, they're, they're horrible, very traumatizing people. And I was crying. I was like, but you don't understand. I have to go to school. I have, this is my letter of acceptance. I had all of my documentation ready, but that one paper was missing. They're like, nope, sorry, you're going to have to defer. And I was really devastated. And here I was in Montreal, you know, I had just like broken up with like my boyfriend. I had no apartment, no job, no school, nothing. And I kind of went into a bit of a depression for like 10 days where I just stayed at home, didn't do anything. Everybody was like, what is she doing? And I was like, well, I don't know what to do. This was what I wanted to do. And I think that, again, it was a divine intervention because this one day that I was depressed on my couch, just like, I was just on forums because I was still into nutrition, right? So I was following my forums and my blogs. It hit me. I was like, hey, remember about that school that you had once seen that was in Toronto? But at the time, obviously, Mm. I didn't really think about it. It was basically a comment on a blog from a girl that had attended the school. And at the time I had looked it up because it looked very similar to another school I wanted to go to at the same time as my master's in New York City. And I remembered about it and I was like, let me take a look, like a serious look, because obviously now now I had nothing to lose. And when I did, Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've ever felt that, but it just, my whole body started tingling like, this is it. This is what I want to do. And it was funny because I basically rediscovered that school. I think it was probably a week or maybe nine days exactly before the start of the new year. I mean, the new uh, academic year. And I was like, oh my God, I need to get into that school. (laughs) So I kind of scrambled a whole acceptance, not not, not acceptance, application for the school. You know, Mm -hmm. I kind of like reworked my application that I had used for the schools in, in the US. But now I was so much more passionate about, you know, writing my cover letter and why I wanted to attend the school because it basically was exactly what I had missed. And when Mm. I moved to that uh, school, because I ended up um, getting accepted, they told me, okay, but we start next week. And I was, I basically had three days to move to Toronto from uh, Montreal. And it's funny you mentioned Fiona because she did that move with me because she was moving to go to Seneca. So we did this Mm -hmm. major life transition together. And we sort of That's like awesome. reconnected at that time as well. And um, yeah. it was just because you asked me at, at first, like how I found my passion, but it was really yeah. that that year specifically, all of the synchronicities that happened, all of the mini miracles, the way I found my roommates and the house where I ended up living. Uh, when I was sitting in class, I could have basically cried every day of joy yeah. and just feeling like I was exactly where I needed to be, even though it was a very challenging year and intensive program because I basically took think it was something crazy like 15 or 19 classes in one year because I, I got a scholarship yeah. but only for one year so normally it's a program you do mm. in two years but I had to cram it into one year because I had only a scholarship for one year and yeah. it was super challenging but the, one of the most rewarding year of my life and that's how I knew I was like okay well I'm definitely in the right field but then eventually it took me a few more years to kind of find my groove within this field because holistic health is very vast and very big. You know, there's so many things you can do. You can be doing acupuncture. You could be a traditional medicine doctor. You could be a naturopath. At some point, I considered that as well. You could obviously be a nutritionist, Mm. but then even being a nutritionist, you could work doing so many different things. But at least I knew I was in the right field. And then from then, it took me a few more years of like traveling, exploring myself, exploring different jobs, different opportunities to eventually 
do what I'm doing now. And even what I'm doing now, like it feels right for me right now, but I'm very open and flexible enough to know that if next year it doesn't feel right, I'll just change. It's okay. <laughs> I'm very, very flexible yeah. and open. Wow. So that's the story. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's interesting. Yeah. It's interesting how sometimes life will just force us to make a decision or to go through the path that yeah. we were supposed to and, 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 and we didn't want to, or we didn't have the courage to. I remember when you talked about U.S. immigration. <laughs> yes. I studied in the U.S. I did my master's in the U.S. And um, mm-hmm. I got, I've gotten in trouble with immigration too because I had, well, my passport was expiring and then I kind of fought to the immigration border. You should never do that to anybody who's listening. <laughs> oh my God, yeah. Um, and then they canceled my student visa by sight. Can you imagine? Um, mm. And then, yeah. And I had to go back to the embassy and get a new That's student crazy. visa because I, I, I had gotten the visa already. I was already in school. I had finished yeah. my first year. And then the, the person at the embassy was like, really? This is what, what happened? I was like, I swear to you. And he was like, okay, maybe the person took it a bit too seriously. And I was in my mind, of course, because I wasn't about to piss off another person. But in my mind, I was yeah. like, you think? <laughs> you know? Yeah. But um, they don't play. No, they really don't. But it's like also then coming back to Montreal, you know, man, like life forced me to come back to Montreal. I didn't want to come back to Montreal and mm-hmm. it worked out for the best. So sometimes, yeah, looking back onto it now, you like you said, you can say like, wow, okay, this was what I was supposed to be doing. This was what was supposed to happen. But in Absolutely. the moment, you're just and I, and, like, and I what will, is going on? Yeah, and I will even add that now from experience and having gone through devastating kind of like life events or disappointments, I know for a fact, mm. I'm sure a lot of you listeners will resonate with this, but I know for a fact that now if life throws me lemons or if all of a sudden I'm left with nothing or if uh, a project that I thought was going to come through all of a sudden like it doesn't happen or even a relationship yeah. ends or anything that's kind of like really uncomfortable, really scary, really heartbreaking. In the past, I would have been like, oh my God, why me? And then, you know, you stay stuck into feeling like bad thing. But now when something like that happens, I'm like, okay, what is the lesson here? There's definitely something because usually when life kind of like sort of seems to be taking everything away from you is because it's trying to redirect you into something else. So you have to kind of, Mm. you kind of have to like flow with it and trust and allow. But I find that as human beings, we can be so, uh, how do you say stubborn you know in rigid. our own ways yeah, yeah. rigid and stubborn yeah. like sometimes it's like we're so controlling we have one specific idea and we think this is how my life is going to go this is what I'm meant to be doing yeah. now this is what I want and then we get so stuck in our ways that we don't realize that either we could be doing something else that would fulfill us more or we, we mean, we're not in the right situation and we're just hurting ourselves so it's yeah. always being aware of how are you feeling in the moment? Always reassessing what's happening around you and really paying attention to the signs because the signs are always there. But it's usually, you know, I find that when you have like a big slap in the face, it's because God or the universe has been poking you this whole time, but you were so busy, yep. you didn't see it. So it's like, okay, I'm just going to slap you so you really get it then. <laughs> I truly believe that, honestly. You had that nudge the whole time, but you were just afraid of 
taking the jump or you thought it was not mm-hmm. important or whatever reason. And it's like, no, this is what's supposed to happen. Get with the program. Exactly. <laughs> <You know? laughs> exactly. Um, it's funny you said you wanted to be an OBGYN. I wanted to be mm-hmm. an OBGYN growing up as well. And oh, then funny. I got into high school. And I was like, yeah, no, medicine is not for me. <laughs> I was because uh, I hated memorizing. I, I yeah. realized that I, I like to be applied. I like exercises. Mm. I like presentations. That's how I learned. And so mm-hmm. the idea of sitting down and memorizing the anatomy by heart, yeah, all of, by heart, and all of these medicines and how to heal someone and which are all very important because you don't want to mess up somebody's life. But of I was course, like, yeah, no, I don't, I don't learn like that. So this is not going to work. Um, yeah. It's not for everyone, was, you know? Yeah, for sure. So when you realize like, Oh, I'm really passionate about nutrition, but I still want to do public health too. Do you think it was really because you wanted to do public health or was it that maybe you didn't consider nutrition like a serious path? That's a very good question. I think, I think it was a, a situation where I, I thought that nutrition was just my little side hobby. Mm. I didn't think that because I was passionate about it, that I could just be living from it. I mm-hmm. thought, you know, public health still seemed like very appealing to me. And, but nutrition was just like this side project that I was just doing for fun. But what really, what ended up happening that was really interesting, I kind of skipped over that story. While I was in nutrition school, Colombia actually like emailed me and they were like, Hey, so you deferred. So for next year, uh, your program that you applied to, we actually changed the name. So we just want to make sure we change a few things. So they kind of like send me an email saying, this is what the program is going to look like now. Do you still want to be a part of it? And I thought it was just a formality, right? So I just read the email thinking, mm. duh, of course I'm going to Colombia. It's like a great school and this is what I want. So yep. even though I was in yeah. nutrition school, I was still considering going, you know, back to the States and to New York city to do mm-hmm. my public health degree. But Mm. when I really sat myself down and I went through, you know, the program, what it entailed, what it was going to be about, because at that point I had already been a nutrition student for like four months and I knew how I felt, I realized there was no spark. There was Mm. no spark in me when I was going through that program. Like nothing really felt really attractive anymore. It didn't feel right. So I was like, wait, do I even really want to do this? I really like asked mm. myself the hard question. I was, And it was really difficult at the time because, you know, of course, having a master in public health is very prestigious. Going to Colombia is really prestigious as well. So there was all of that that was kind of like influencing my choice as well. Like, And also I felt if I turn it down, people would be like, how can you turn down prestigious school? You could have had graduated from an Ivy League school. And, you know, like all of these things mm-hmm. were going on in my head. But I really had to listen to my heart. And when I was looking at the program, sure, it was cool. It was interesting, but it wasn't right for me. It didn't, it didn't bring me joy. It didn't make me excited. So, and also I, I looked at like the, the tuition and I was like, do I really want to get in debt of that much money for something that is just going to look good on paper and that people are going to think is great, but I'm not really super into. So I was like, yeah. no. So I literally, I remember when I wrote back to that person sorry, actually, I'm not going to be attending. So (laughs) it was kind of funny because I said, 
thanks, but no thanks because they had obviously accepted for me to defer. And then they come back to me and I'm like, actually, I found a new passion. And I, I completely yeah. forgot about that. But at the time I was just, it was just so clear for me, like being in that nutrition school, which is not a big school, like it's a private institute. So it's not even prestigious, but it felt so right that I didn't yeah. even care. I didn't care about the prestige. I didn't care about what people would say. I just knew that it mm. felt so right for me. And yeah. It was really easy because of that, the contrast of how I felt going to nutrition school versus how I was feeling as I was reviewing the materials I was going to learn in public yeah. health. I was like, no, this is like a no brainer. I'm just not going to go. I'm just going to have to like turn it down. And, and I never regret it. Even the same with uh, yeah. refusing to do med school at, at McGill, you know, I was going to do science and then go to med school. Now when I see, cause I had yeah. a, I have a best friend who ended up still doing medicine cause we were going to do medicine together in Belgium. And then I moved to Canada, et cetera, et cetera. But she ended up still like becoming a doctor and I see her life now and I saw what she had to go through. And every single time I would like, get together with her, I was like, Oh, thank God I followed my intuition because I would have been miserable, mm. you know, just because you have mm. an interest in something doesn't mean you're going to love working in that, but Doing it could be it. like, mm -hmm. yeah, it could be like, you really want to be aware of how you're feeling in each and every moment. Because again, I had an interest yeah. in nutrition and I didn't think it would be like life changing and amazing, but ended up being mm. so, whereas with med school and like biology and pregnant women, I still love pregnant women, but that doesn't mean I can deal with being in a hospital and like everything else that it entails, you know? So it's not for everyone. I think it's really important to, yeah. to realize that life is short and you want to live it for yourself and not for anyone else. So just because people tell you, mm. oh, it's good to have that kind of job. It's going to give you a lot of security. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. Sometimes none of this is enough. Like I have so many friends yeah. that ended up you know, graduating with like those big degrees and like getting those big paychecks and those big corporate kind of job and they're miserable and they hate it. So yeah. I'm glad that I kind of yeah. like listened to myself, even though it was hard to sit down with my dad and be like, listen, I'm not going to be a doctor as an African man and parent who's <laughs> very disappointed because like, what are you going to do with your life? And we had to have like a really hard discussion. And I was like, no, sorry, dad. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just not going to do it. I'm sorry. And my whole yeah. like the African side of my family, they were like super disappointed. They were like, oh my God, you're giving up. It's normal. That is difficult. Like, the beginning of med school, it's normal that it's difficult. I'm like, you don't understand. It's not just that it's difficult. It's that it's not interesting to me. <laughs> I don't mm -hmm, like it. Mm -hmm, exactly. So, yeah. Sometimes you have to stand up for yourself, you know, and you have to be tough yeah. enough to, and strong enough, sorry, to kind of like confront your parents, your family, or your best friend or your partner. You're not living life for them. You're living life for yourself. So that's something I definitely learned along my journey and I'm still learning. Yeah, for sure. I think I, I totally agree with you 100%. I think for me, why I care so much <clears throat> about what people do and how they feel and what they do is that we spend most of our time working. Like, do you realize that? Yeah. Like five days out of seven, 40 hours a week or 60 mm -hmm. hours or 70 hours a week, we are working. So you cannot, you spend more time at work than you spend in your family for most people. So you Absolutely. can't be... You can't be in an environment you hate. Like that will show up at least for a long time. Like I've had jobs I did not like, but I knew I would get out of them eventually. You know what I mean? And that Absolutely. there has to be another way out. But you can't stay somewhere you hate because it is going to have an impact on you, like physically, mentally, emotionally. 
somewhere, somehow it is going to show in your life and, and in your health. And it, it's so important that, that we take care of ourselves, even just beyond our jobs, you know, because Absolutely. like you said, we only have one life to live. <laughs> so we, yeah. we have to live it well. You know, and it goes by really fast. So take every day yeah. as like a beautiful gift and an opportunity for you to have fun, to explore, to experience, as opposed to just being miserable doing something you hate. Like I know it's not easy yeah. when you realize that you know you may have made the wrong turn, and maybe you've been in a career for years, and now you're like I've invested mm-hmm. so much, but it's okay. It's it's nothing is ever mm-hmm. lost. You know, you learn from that, yeah. and then you move We're on nice. and you move forward. You don't want to just stay stuck in something just because, you know, you spend so much money for your degree or you spend so much of your time, you know, being in that company. If it doesn't fulfill you anymore, it's time to move on. When you're not happy, like that's one thing I've learned. If you're not happy, if you're not fulfilled, you know, we all know what it feels like when something is off. The only difference between the people that follow their intuition and people that don't is that some just kind of take action based on that while others just silence that feeling that they have or that voice that they hear or, you know, you, you, you know, when you don't feel good. So if you don't feel good about yeah, a situation, sure. it's time to really sit your ass down and really take a hard and honest look and be like, okay, what is happening here? And it, it's, it's, it's going to be uncomfortable because, you know, a lot of, for, for some people, it's hard to, to sit down and, take a look at their career but for others is relationship I remember for one Mm. of my ex relationship that I was in I think my intuition Mm. was pretty solid and hard in telling me like for a whole year "Mm, something is fishy something is off but I kept on like being like no it's fine you tell yourself lies I've done that yeah we've all been there and it's like you know but you want to believe you're like no 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 if I do this or if this happens no if something feels off you are it to yourself to be honest and be like okay what is really happening here and choose yourself don't be like oh with time it's gonna get better or maybe I'm I'm just like too scared or maybe I'm just no like intuition will come back around over and over over again giving you the same message but in different ways until you finally listen and sometimes listening is when you get fired you know like it's like oh Mm. I guess you know, I'm forced out of the situation or when someone breaks up with you and you're like, you kind of knew the whole time that it wasn't working, but you didn't have the guts to leave. Then life is like, okay, yeah. here you go. A breakup. Now you have to deal with it. There's no other option, yeah. you know, but mm. every time I've had something kind of like off happening in my life, or at least a lot of the times when I look back, I'm like, Hmm, that's why I was feeling this, 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 and that, you know? So mm. now when something feels a little off, I'm very like, it's like my ears like perks up. I'm like, okay, what's mm. going on here? Something's happening, you know? Yeah. Were you always, um, I guess, good at identifying like this is my intuition telling me something? Or oh, have you not. had to kind of learn that? <laughs> it's definitely something learned. Um I didn't even know it was intuition at the time. It's just because I've read a lot of book and I've done a lot of inner work in the past few years that now I'm like, okay, this is intuition. But even until today, it, it comes in different forms. And it, I feel like being close to your intuition is kind of like 
uh, when you start exercising. At first, it's really hard. You don't even know what you're supposed to do, what it sounds like, what it mm. feels like. But the more you practice listening or being still to hear, because a lot of people are like, yeah, but I don't know. I don't hear anything. I don't feel anything. It's because you don't take the time yeah. to be still with yourself in silence. It's usually in those moments where you're alone or where you feel at peace, where you relax, that suddenly you have like a download, like an, an idea that you're like, okay, I want to do this. Or suddenly you have a feeling that comes back up. You know, it's just, we're so busy in, in our lives, in our day-to-day -day lives. We're just like, go, 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 that we don't take the time to slow down to not only relax and rejuvenate, but also to let whatever inspiration or intuition kind of resurface. For it to resurface, you yeah. need to allow that space. You need to make space for it. You need to make time for it. And when you do that, the more you live a life where you take time to connect with yourself. And, you know, at first it could be like, okay, uh, I don't really know. I don't really want to meditate. You don't have to meditate. Of course, meditation is a great way to do it, but it could be like, maybe mm. you've always liked to draw, maybe spend more time drawing, you know, like Shona, she's always loved doodling and look where that mm. led, us, let, led her now. So mm. it could be doodling, mm -hmm. it could be drawing. Maybe you like to sing in the shower, spend more time singing in general. Maybe Maybe you like to walk your dog. Maybe you like to just spend time in nature, playing your instrument, dancing, like those kind of activities where you find peace doing them, reading, whatever it is. Do mm -hmm. more of that. Spend more time with yourself alone, preferably, so you don't have any distraction. And then little by yeah. little, you know, your inner self and that wise part of yourself is going to reveal itself to you more and more because you're going to allow for it to happen. But if you always like turn it off or you're always distracted you're always on the go of course you don't have time you don't even hear anything you just go 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 you're like a robot you know just automatic you yeah. just go and that's it yeah for sure hmm. yeah it makes sense that's yeah i yeah i'm yeah yeah, no, I'm, I'm still working on it, but you know, that was to answer the question. Like it definitely, I yeah, wasn't because sure. some people, you know, they're born and they always had that kind of like intuitive part of themselves. But for me, I feel like it's mm -hmm. something that I've worked on kind of like getting comfortable and more knowledgeable about, but in the past few years yeah. only, you know, and, and it's, and it's happened after a lot of heartache and a lot of, um, yeah, heartbreak as well. So it's it's been a learning journey, but I'm I'm so glad I went through um, the difficult experiences that I went through because it allowed me to kind of like reconnect with that deeper part of myself that I never even knew I could turn to because I was just like mm. just like everyone else, just living a regular life, doing everything that everyone else was telling me I should be doing, and and then yeah. feeling like this was what life was about, you know. Yeah, for sure. I do agree. I do think that it is like a muscle, like the more you exercise it, the better and the easier it becomes. The easier mm -hmm. it becomes to, 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 to feel it and to know like, oh, this is life trying to tell me something. And then also the more confident I think you are in your decision, because yes, once you take a decision following your intuition and you see how it turns out, you're like, oh, I feel great about this. Or, oh, Absolutely. this is why this was happening. And so next time, because I think most of the time we're blocked by fear, like, oh, but what if I do this or I do that? But if you have tried once or twice and then seen like it worked out, and in some cases it worked out better than you hoped it would work out, then the third time and the fourth time it becomes easier for you to follow your intuition because you're like, you have proof now that it works. Right. Absolutely. No, it, it's so true. Yeah. And, and I, I'll, 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 I'll guess that 
I'm guessing that the most difficult part is really that first step, you know, that first time mm-hmm. that you kind of like follow your intuition. Um, but the more you do it, as you said, the more confident you become and the more secure you are in your own decisions. And honestly, mm-hmm. the more life starts supporting you as well. Like if you flow with life and because your intuition is kind of like that part of yourself that's really generally connected to the whole of life and like creation and just the world. So your intuition kind of helps you to like not go against the grain, but to go with the current of life. So I find that the more you follow that, not only, you know, you feel more secure in your decision and things work out, but things become easier. Things will flow a lot better and you start kind of like trusting like a bigger picture, you know, a bigger scheme Mm -hmm. for yourself. And honestly, for me, it's been very liberating, uh, especially this past year, because, you know, as you know, it's an ongoing learning journey, but I feel like especially this year for me, 2019, um, or last year, if you're listening to this in 2020, but uh, 2019 was definitely a year that I specifically had set the intention to be like, okay, this year, I'm really going to surrender a lot more. I'm going to let go a lot more and I'm going to follow only what feels right. But like to a to a yeah. very extreme level, you know, like I had done this in my relationship, in little decisions here and there, but not for my day-to-day life decision, especially with my career. But this year I was like, no, I'm going to do that and I'm going to see what happens. And what happened was pure magic. I was just like, whoa. Life can be so much easier, so much less stressful. Life doesn't have to be hard like everyone else or a lot of people say it is. You know, a lot of people are like, they're kind of um, proliferating this idea of like, of how you have to work hard to get what you want. You have to hustle. You have to, you know, like all these notions of like going against things, uh, fighting for something like they all sound very harsh and they contain a lot of like resistance. And I find that in this society, especially in this day and age, it's very popular. It's kind of like, you know, you gotta work hard, like work hard, play hard. You know, you have like all of these slogans Mm -hmm. that kind of like, yeah, this is how I'm supposed to do it. But when you're really doing that, when you're really doing life that way, I mean, for some people, it's really fun and exhilarating. But for me, it was exhausting. So I had to really take, a again, a hard, honest look and be like, what are you doing? And I was not doing me. I was doing the idea of me and of my life that everyone else was kind of like um, promoting online or like Mm. in society in general, you know? And I was like, oh, so if I'm an entrepreneur and I work online, this is what I need to do. I need to push. I need blah, blah, blah. I need to make plans. And I tried. And... Did it lead to results? Sure, it did. But was it fun? Was it, did it feel right for me? It didn't. And so after a while, Mm. I was like, okay, time to reassess. Back to the drawing boards. What does Sarah like? What what feels right to me? Not to what everyone else in the industry even tells me I should do. Even if it it works for, I don't know, like uh, Veronica, doesn't mean it's going to work for me. You know, you you always want to come back to, again, that, inner self that inner part of you what feels right for you and reassess constantly you kind of like it's kind of like with your phone you're constantly updating the software so that it works well well I feel like it's the same with yourself you always want to update with your inner self your inner compass and be like okay this is me right now like does that feel right if it doesn't it's time to change and if you do that repeatedly Uh and consistently you avoid a lot of heartache and you avoid a lot of sickness and a lot of stress and life becomes a lot more enjoyable and fun yeah Mm, yeah so how did you 
learn to do the, the internal work? How do you do the internal work? So you mean you would like some specific books or what I did or? Yeah, like how did you, like, so I, I totally agree that there's this hustle, hard mentality, mm-hmm. no sleep, uh, like uh, there's this quote about how you don't sleep, you work hard and me, I love sleeping. <laughs> but, yeah, me too. Um, or you sleep when you're dead. Kind of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like you sleep when you're dead or something like that. How did you, yeah, how did you learn to unlearn that? Obviously, there was a part of you that was saying, okay, this is not working for me. I don't like it. It's not sustainable. I can do it for now, but I'm not, yeah, I'm not enjoying it. So I can't mm-hmm. keep doing this. So when did you decide to say, okay, stop, this is not working. And then as you were figuring out what's going to work, like, what did you do? Was yeah, it like, so... like you were saying, like you prayed, you meditated, like, yeah, how did you go about it? So for me, it was actually, I find that I'm a very impulsive person. So it's mm-hmm. always all or nothing with me. So I'm going to go all in on something. And then when it doesn't work, I stop like cold. So um, mm-hmm. I had a bit of a, a mini breakdown. I don't even want to say like a, it was a big nervous breakdown or like um, a burnout of some sort. But it wasn't even really that. It was just like a, a kind of like, I just I had had enough of doing things one way. So I think I had like yeah. a good a good solid week or maybe three, four days where I was just not doing anything. I was literally like, I'm done. Mm. I don't even care what's going to happen. I'm done. I just, I'm fed up. And when that happened, uh, at first I was like, okay, this feels good to not do that anymore. But then fear started to to come in. I was like, okay, that's good. Now you know what you don't like, but what are you going to do now? And I was like, oh my God, what if I'm just going to be like someone that's idle on my couch for the rest of my life? I don't want to do that either. So I kind of like sat with that very uncomfortable feeling for maybe one or two days. But at the same time, I was still like feeding my mind and my brain with like podcasts that were uplifting and uh, I was still meditating. I would write in my journal a lot for asking for guidance you know, to God, the universe, whatever you believe in. And again, as fate would have it, it didn't take long. I think like every day there was a little something, whether it was a quote or someone recommended a book or a podcast Mm. and little by little, these little signs again, because I allowed for them to come and I asked for them and I waited and I trusted that it would come they kind of like showed me the way. So, you know, it may have been like one technique that someone mentioned or a book again. And then when I started applying the things that I was learning from these signs, then things kind of like unfolded naturally. And even though I had stopped doing the whole hustle, opportunities started coming my way. Like literally people called me, people Mm. found me online. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it, you know, because I was like, what am I supposed to do? Am I supposed to just stay on my couch? I don't want to be staying on my couch. And it didn't take long. God was like, don't you worry, honey, I got you. And like the very next day, someone was like, hey, can you do a talk on this, this, this and that? And I was like, whoa, God, you work fast. I was like, I'm impressed. (laughs) And it's just been like, you know, signs like this and little things that kind of like comforted me and supported me in my decision that this was the yeah. way that I wanted to do it. And, um, yeah, that's what I've been doing all of 2019, just like living week by week, day by day. I don't really plan that far ahead anymore because it doesn't feel right for me right now. So couldn't even mm-hmm. tell you what's going to happen exactly in 2020 because 
I don't know. All I know is that it's going to be fun and exciting. I'm open to the opportunities, but I'm not like a big planner anymore at this stage of my life because for me, it doesn't feel right. Like I don't want people listening to to this thinking that, oh, I'm like anti-plan or anything like that. No, I'm sure for some people having like a three-month goal, six-month goal, like five-year plan, it, it gets them excited and makes them feel good. So it makes if it makes you feel good to plan, plan. But for me, it just brought a lot of anxiety and a lot of disappointment. So at this stage of my mm. life, flowing with life feels more fun and easy. And it brings me more abundance than doing the other way. If one day I realize, hey, I'm all about planning again, then sure, I'll do it. You know, So it's all about, again, yeah. up- upgrading yourself on a daily basis and, and kind of like seeing what works for you or what doesn't. Yeah, that's so interesting that you say that. Um, because so now we're going into 2020, right? Like, yeah. And I'm sure a lot of people will have a lot of like New Year's goals that they might or might not follow. Um, and a lot of ambition and a lot mm-hmm. of, yeah, hopes and dreams, you know, and expectations. Um, how do you think we can make that whole process a little bit easier on mm-hmm. ourselves? Yeah. And less stressful. So one thing that happened Mm -hmm. for me a few years ago that I completely forgot about was, um, so I used to be a big fan of like new year's resolution and having those goals and be like, okay, this year Mm -hmm. I'm going to achieve like three big goals or five or whatever. And then like, kind of like break them down into mini goals and like putting dates on them, you know, like kind of like ticking them off my list. Uh, but then eventually again, it started to feel more like, pressure than fun for me. So I completely stopped having resolutions like a few years back. And instead what I started having is an intention for the year. And that Mm. I started a few years back and it felt a lot more aligned for me and a lot more soft and gentle and motivating. So instead of having like specific goals, I would first focus on how I want to feel like, um, Mainly, I was going to say principalement. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) How do I want to feel like this year? Like, do I want to feel, I don't know, abundant? Do I want to feel confident? Do I want to feel at peace? Like, I would focus on, like, Mm. one emotion, one feeling, and let that drive the rest of my goals and decisions, you know? So, um, Mm. there was a year where I was like, I want to feel abundant. And so, I would kind of, like, focus some of my decision on that instead of, like, having specific goals Um, Mm. for me, it works a lot better and it feels a lot more gentler, uh, than, you know, just going at it and having specific goals. It's not that you can't have goals, but for people who still want to have goals, instead of like being so hard on yourself and so rigid, I would just have like maybe a list, which is what I did for 2019. I haven't looked at it again and I'm, I'm going to do my year review probably this week. So I, what I did for this year, because I didn't want to have resolution and goals. I first focused on a certain intention that I had, which at the time was like just to flow with life and surrender. So it's really ironic. That's exactly what I ended up doing. That's what happened. Yeah. Yeah. So that was my main intention. And then below that, I kind of like, listen to what felt like something I would like to experience this year as opposed to like uh, hard goals, you know? So I had like a few mm. things that I, I was like, oh, it would be fun if I can experience more travel and work or if I can bring in more abundance or if I can, you know, like I had like these notions and these ideas of things that I would have loved to experience, but still without being so attached to them. And 
the mm. proof that I was not attached is I have not revisited that page since now. I'm probably going to do that today or tomorrow. I'm going to go and look back and I'm sure I'm probably going to cry because probably a lot of the things that I had hoped uh, to experience probably happen and more. So what I like yeah. with, with that kind of way of like uh, looking at a year, a new year ahead or a new month is that you kind of like are still true to yourself by allowing, you know, yeah. what it is that you would like to experience. Maybe for you, it's like, you know what? I would like to own my first car or I would like to save enough to have a house or I would like to start a family or maybe you want to be more fit. You can still have those goals, but then mm. don't be so, so, so rigid as to how it's going to come and at what pace. Yeah. I find that for me, yeah. it releases a lot of stress, but, um, maybe for someone else who has like a specific like body goal, you know, mm, I'm not even going to say it. It's not that it's not going to work. It's, it's got, I feel like it's not going to be as sustainable. Like I have a lot of clients that come mm. to me and they want to lose an, a certain amount of weight and they have had that goal for years. And it's not that it didn't work. It's that once they reach that goal, be, because it was done in a way that was so abrupt and so rigid and so tough on yeah. them, you know, tough love and like hard and all that. It didn't last, you know, they reached it and mm. either they realized once they had reached a goal that they were still unhappy because that wasn't the real goal they wanted or they reached it and mm -hmm. they couldn't sustain it because it was just creating a life that was too hard to sustain it. So the first thing you want to do is again, have that intention. Then when you take a look at your goals, you really want to be like, okay, why do I want that? And do I really want that for the reason that I think? And then once you know for sure, okay, you know, I, I know I would love to experience like, I don't know, becoming a parent, for example, then let life yeah. surprise you as to how it's going to happen. Or if you want to experience more love in your life and you think you're going to experience more love by finding the one, maybe you're not going to experience more love by finding the one, but maybe you're going to find self-love this year, which then is going to bring mm. the one, you know? So you yeah. always want to, yeah. you want to kind of like, propose something to God or the universe and then let life surprise you. And I find that usually when you do that, the thing that you want, either exactly that happen or something even better that you even think, but because you were open to it, then you allow for life to surprise you. And for me, that's been a lot more helpful. And that's probably how I'm going to approach 2020. Maybe you know, I'm going to take a look at what happened in 2019, what worked for me, yeah. what didn't what I would like to uh, not achieve, but, um, you know, say for example, I, I feel like this year I didn't prioritize sleep as much and I noticed that it wasn't as loving to my body to do that. So I'm definitely going to put an intention that I want to prioritize sleep, but I don't, mm. because I, it hasn't been working instead of like trying all of the things that I've tried, I'm just going to be like, okay, life, like how can I make sleep more of a priority this year? Maybe, I don't know, I'm going to fall in love in, with reading again and that's going to help me. Or maybe I'm going to mm. have a, some kind of like diffuser that suddenly magically is going to make me very sleepy every night. I don't know. Like, I, I basically look at life more as a, an experience and a game that can be fun and easy and I'm not as rigid anymore. So that's my own personal um, kind of like recommendation, yeah. but I know it's not going to resonate with everyone. We are all on different journeys yeah. and we have different affiliations, you know, for other people having resolution is amazing and it allows them to live an amazing life. And if it works for you, go for it. But I'm speaking to the people for whom resolution feels like very um, stressful, like a lot of pressure every time they, they hear, okay, what did you achieve 
this year, they cringe inside. For those kind of people, it might be time to reassess and, and do life a different way, which can be just as productive, just as fun, just as abundant, you know, because a lot of people think that if you're not rigid and controlling and don't have like your five-year plan and all that, then you're not going to do anything with your life. And I'm here to disagree. Like my whole 2019 Mm. was a perfect example of that. I did not plan anything and it was probably one of the most productive, fun, abundant year I've I've had in a long, long time. So, yeah. yeah. Like I'm so glad we're having this discussion because I'm a planner by nature mm. and uh, I I can feel the stress of the plan though. Like I totally understand what you mean. Um, and I've been trying to, to find, I guess, a better way that works for me. So I guess this is like divine intervention. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like you can test um, things out. Uh, <laughs> test something different, but, uh, you know. <laughs> yeah, because... <clears throat> For the longest time, and I realized that now, I guess, as time goes on, like I would have the resolutions and I would have the list. And then some would work out and some would work out. But mm-hmm. even let's say the ones that don't work out, like what I've started doing for the last two years, two, three years is do like a year in review. Mm-hmm. And the year in review kind of sh- showed me like, okay, this didn't work out, but you work towards it at least, you know? So maybe it didn't work out this year, but... It will might work out next year or it might work out in two years, but at least you did make some progress towards it. And also, like, all these other things that you had not planned for or had hoped for also happened. So it, it would mm-hmm. kind of help me put things uh, in perspective. And like mm-hmm. this year, I started working with that, uh, like, the intention or, or, like, the word. So for me, the word this year was, like, I want to be bold, Mm. Um, and it's crazy how when you do set an intention I think even just the fact of setting an intention like your body your mind knows you know yeah so there'll be like moments of self-doubt and I'll be like no but I'm supposed to be bold this year <laughs> <laughs> you I know? love it so, so then it's like okay then we're being bold and and I'm sure when I do my end of year review this year I will find more stuff than I hadn't realize yeah. but I, I do like your approach of yeah let's set an intention and then let's say a, a, a list or things we're hoping for but without necessarily being so rigid about it because I yeah. think it's when we're rigid that we then have all this pressure of making it happen and it's like yeah. if it's something you truly want you will work to make it happen anyways and um and maybe yeah, and it's something I- you don't want then it's also okay to drop it you know? Yeah, exactly. Like you really, you really want to be honest with yourself because a lot of people want things for the wrong reasons as well. You know, like a yeah. lot of people want like tons of money and like big cars and like big house. But why is it that you really want it? And is this the only way that you can get to that feeling that you're hoping all of these things and achievement are going to give you? And you really have to be really, really honest with yourself. And I find that doing it this way where you just set an intention and then kind of have an idea of like things you would prefer or really enjoy experimenting or experiencing, sorry. Then you allow Mm -hmm. life to either make these things happen for you or like allow yourself to like experience these things. But most often than not, something better is going to come. Like a lot of people, they're like, oh, but I really wanted to have a house this year. And then, you know, you you Mm. end up not making as much money or for whatever reason, you don't get a house. 
And then you get disappointed. But why are you disappointed? If anything, life was trying to protect you. Like if you had had the house, maybe it would have been like a money pit or maybe it would have been super stressful. Yeah. Or maybe an accident would have had, would have, would have happened. Sorry. So you just never know in the grand scheme of things why certain things don't happen. But for me, I've mm. learned from past experience to not kind of like dwell on things that haven't happened and to trust that if it hasn't happened, it was for a good reason for me. Either it was a learning experience or something better was coming or this just simply wasn't meant to be. And when you live life this way, instead of always looking at what you don't have yet and focusing on what you already have and all of the great things that are happening, it becomes so much easier and so much more pleasant, you know? Like if you constantly... yeah. And that's why for me, having like set goals wasn't that motivating because it was constantly something to compare myself against. It's like, okay, I achieved yeah. this. Like say I graduated. Like I remember when I was at McGill, I was like, oh my God, when I'm graduating, it's going to be like the best day ever. Like I'm going to be set for life. Like, you know, you really <laughs> look at this grand goal of yours as this like big thing, you know, like, and you know, I was freshman year. And then when I got closer and closer to that day, yeah, I was getting excited. But then you realize by then you have other problems that have resurfaced. Now you're like, okay, what am I going to do after? Exactly. And how am I going to mm-hmm. make money? And what internship do I need to apply to? And then the internship becomes the next goal or like finding a master's becomes the next goal. And it's just like this never ending chase. That's why for me, instead of focusing on things that make me feel like I'm constantly like kind of like um, running after a carrot that's dangling, like, okay, this is going to be the thing. And then when you get it, it's like, oh no, there's something else. I'm like, okay, so what's next? Slow, mm-hmm. yeah, slow that down. What have I achieved so far? Like what, what experience have I gone through that I really enjoyed that I would love to repeat? But at the same time, mm. let me be surprised by life. Let me slow down. Let me be in the moment I'm here right now. I'm alive. I'm well. It's already pretty freaking good. You know, I don't need all of these extra things to feel better. Like, and something else that I've learned by doing inner work and reading a lot of books is a lot of times people think that if they get more of whatever it is, more love, more money, more sex, whatever it is that you want to put, they think they're going to be more happy. It's not true. Mm -hmm. You have to be able to be happy now because if you're not happy now, I guarantee you, even if you go on a crazy honeymoon, whatever problems you have now, it's still going to show up at the honeymoon. I'm sure it's happened to you. Like you, you go through an experience that you're like, how can I be unhappy in this experience? Because you haven't taken care of your inside. So for me, Mm -hmm. the ultimate way of being happy uh, or joyful as often as possible is to take care of your inner disposition. If you take care of your inner disposition, you could be in a box or you could be in a hostel and you're going to be like the happiest person versus someone that's like on a yacht and like is miserable because they haven't taken care of like what really needs to be taken care of in in order to live a fulfilling and, and pleasant and joyful life, you know? Mm-hmm, for sure, for sure. Yeah, and that's where like the whole practice of gratitude comes in, right? Because if you, because yeah. we are so privileged, like we, we were so privileged in so many ways and we have so much to be thankful for. It's just that sometimes we forget about it because we're so caught up in our daily little problems. You know? And the daily chase, the daily chase. That's mm-hmm. why you, you really want and to slow that chase. chase down. Especially like New Year mm. is a big, big, big moment for those companies and those like 
even like coaches and it's because they know that people are chasing for that dream for that goal and so they're going to push yeah. down on you a lot of those dreams a lot of like you need that new car you need that that new body you need that new boyfriend or girlfriend because yeah. they know that's how we function. We're like constantly chasing after things because we think those things are going to make us more of this, of that, but they're not. So stop chasing, yeah, start like being internalizing things a little bit more, start focusing on your own life and what you already have. And the more you do that, ironically, the more you actually will end up feeling like you have or getting in, in general. So it's, it's really ironic mm-hmm. that once you stop chasing and you start appreciating what you have, then everything else around you becomes more. So it's, it's an interesting experiment mm-hmm. that I recommend everyone try in 2020. Yeah, for sure. Stop chasing, start uh, well, appreciating. <laughs> stop chasing, start appreciating. What would you say to your younger self, like yourself five or 10 years ago? Oh, girl, you're going to be so good. That's what I would say to her. <laughs> she was so worried. I would say, girl, you have no idea. You're going to be so good. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> I love that. Uh, one last question. You talked about, because it's been at the top of my mind, um, you talked about traveling and loving travel. Did mm-hmm. you have to start traveling? Were you always like, let me just go around the world and figure things oh. out. Or was it part of your self-explanatory? Um, that that was definitely. Yeah, that was definitely. Um, so traveling has always been part of my life, I guess, in the sense that when we were young, uh, my mom loved to travel. So almost every year she would take us to like a different country during her holiday time. I mean, her vacation, uh, summer vacation. But then uh, mm-hmm. when I moved to Canada, like I knew I still liked traveling, but it became less and less because I would okay. mostly spend a lot of my time in New York because I had family, but I also had a boyfriend there. So I would do a lot of back and forth between New York and, mm. and Canada. But I, you know, I was always like into it, but it kind of like went on the back burner. And then when I had that major, mm-hmm. you know, um, let down that happened with my, my school in New York and then finishing nutrition school, I realized that I was at a crossroad again where I could either start practicing nutrition in Canada right away or I could follow um, some kind of like new intuition download that had happened. Um, I think a few mm. months before I started traveling for three years, one of my best friends had kind of like planted a seed. She was like, hey, we should totally do like an eat, pray, love experience where you and I go to Italy, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. And she kind of said that. Yeah. But at the time I was like in a committed relationship and I was like, uh, I don't know, that doesn't seem appealing. I don't want to leave him, blah, blah, yeah. blah. You know how it goes. But then um, I was no longer with that man. And I was kind of like, you know, done with a job contract. And I was like, well, what do you want to do? Do you want to start, you know, your career right away? Or maybe you could do that traveling now, you know, and just, I could tell like when I weigh my options, whatever sparked me the most joy, even though it, it can also, you know, ignite a lot of fear in me, whatever sparks the most joy, that's what I go for. So at the time when I weighed those two options, I knew traveling is what I wanted, but I had no idea how I would do it. Mm. So I just took it one step at a time. So the first step for me was like, well, I'm going to go back to Belgium to visit my family. And then from there we'll see. And then when I got there, 
I followed another sign. I ended up living in the South of France. And then after that, I followed another sign. I went to Africa for a little bit. And then after that, I was like, okay, what should I do now? And I was weighing my options. And then a friend reminded me about Australia. So I went to Australia for a year. And then after that, I met my now husband and he was into traveling and we traveled for like six months, backpacking, road tripping. And it's just been like that. And then ever since now, we are now living here in Spain. We both love traveling. So any chance we get, we just, again, um, he's a planner. So he likes to plan, but me, I just let life surprise (laughs) me. So this year I've had the opportunity to travel for work. So has he, uh, we have friends that like traveling too. So we plan trips. Um, we have a few weddings coming up that are going to allow us to travel. I have family abroad that I like to visit. So we went to Mexico as well. Um, we did also a big, uh, a big trip with other friends before, before we moved to Spain. So I, it's kind of been like a evolution and following the next, the very next step, you know, like I, again, yeah. it was an intention that I had, I knew I wanted to travel. I didn't know how I definitely didn't have the money. So I was like, okay, what's the first thing I can do that can get me closer to that. And at the time mm. it was like, well, I'm just going to go first visit my family in Belgium. And then from there we'll see. I had no idea. I was like, maybe I'll have to work. Maybe I'll volunteer. Maybe I, I had no idea. But I just trusted I that, that I wanted to be somewhere else in Canada. You know, like I love Canada and I do miss it now. But at the mm. time I knew I had kind of like done what I needed to do in that place for now. I'm not saying yeah, I'm not going to go back sure. to Canada. But at that time, it felt like I had had enough. And then I ended up going back to Canada but on the other side of the coast until, again, mm-hmm. I got to a point where I was like, well, I think I've done what I needed to do there. And so... That's how the whole traveling came about. And honestly, nowadays, there's so many ways to travel. Like I have friends or like even younger people that speak to me and they're like, oh, I don't know how to travel. There's really no excuse because flying is much cheaper now. You can volunteer. You can even do, there's a website that's called Workaway that allows you to travel in exchange for board and accommodation. So there's just so many ways you can travel. You can study abroad. You just have to listen to your intuition because a lot of people are like, yeah, I want to travel, but I'm sure I can't, I don't have the money. I don't, I can't do this. I can't do this. It's like, no, just be like, okay, this is something I want to experience. Now let's see how this can happen. And then you'll see life will surprise you. You'll meet someone that will tell you about an opportunity. Maybe you'll, you'll finally have the guts to uh, do an application for a job that allows you to travel more. You just don't know. You just have to take Mm -hmm. the very next step, you know, set your intention and then follow the steps. That's literally it. I love that. Where can we find you? So I'm mostly super present on Instagram at deliciously vibrant. And then my website, of course, deliciouslyvibrant.com. I also have a Facebook page. I'm not as active there, but you can find me there again, also under deliciously vibrant. Okay, cool. Perfect. Any last words, anything else that you want to add? Well, all I want to say is thank you so much for this opportunity. It's just been so much fun to be able to share what I love and what I've learned. And uh, to your listener, I just want to say don't sweat the small stuff. Just have fun with life and trust a little bit more. Life doesn't have to be that hard. Just trust and then have fun. Yay. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. I really enjoyed our conversation. So did I. Thank you for having me. Thank you. What did you think of the conversation that you just heard? Don't hesitate to leave us comments on the Facebook group or on the website 
jazzavikmar.com. As the old adage goes, sharing is caring. So if you enjoyed it, please share it with your friends, like and subscribe. Until next time, keep striving, keep thriving and keep shining.